Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. My website is sacredspacehealing.org, that's sacredspacehealing.org. I am a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner and have been running my own healing practice for close to 10 years now. My work focuses and specialises on healing, core wounds, life purpose work, sacred union work, as well as intuitive readings and standalone sessions as well. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Um, before I go into the podcast, I just wanted to say a really big thank you to everyone over the last uh, few weeks and months and years, actually, who emails me and and contacts me to say thank you for these podcasts. Your words are so kind and um, and mean so much to me. You know, I first created this podcast channel years ago. I mean, I can't even remember, but I think it was easily five years ago, if not more. And um I don't. I, can't, I, I mean, I don't even know if there was an intention around it, other than I just wanted to reach lots of people, um, and there was stuff that I needed to say. And I found that the things that I was saying in healings and circles, you know, it, it, it was important information that was sometimes coming through that was helping people. So my intention has always been to reach as many people as possible and to awaken, to inspire, to plant a seed, to assist you, to to help you feel less alone in your quest for coming to know yourself better. To, to finding your place in the world, to healing yourself. Um, so thank you for your words. It's always great to know that there are people out there listening and that this is having a positive impact on your life. Um, and then some of you have asked how you can show your appreciation. So um, all, the, all the podcasts are free. Everything that I do on the YouTube channel is free as well. And that takes a lot of time and energy, you know, to sit down and record a podcast for 20 minutes or however long it is, takes my time and my energy and uploading it and um, you know, hosting a website, hosting the site that that um, being with the site that hosts the podcast, all of these things cost money and they take up my time and they take up my energy. So there is a donate button um, on the website and you can use that to to if you wish to make a donation, um, however large, however small, all of that will go back into the healing work. It will go back into providing more free resources Um and so it will be put to good use. Um, if you just go to the website, sacredspacehealing.org, and then if you hover your your mouse or your little browser above home, um, it should light up. And as it lights up, you'll see a, a drop-down menu, and one of the drop-down menus will say donations. And if you click on that, then there's a little PayPal site that you could donate any amount that you feel called to um, as a means of saying thank you. But all thanks are appreciated, whether they're coming in the form of PayPal or they're coming in the form of emails um, or lovely things that people post on social media. So so thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> so today's podcast uh, asks the question, just formulating it in my mind so it comes out appropriately today's question today's podcast asks the question what do you stand for what is it that you stand for in your life and in this world it's a really interesting phenomena um to witness the awakening of our consciousness and our planet you know when i have said this in other podcasts when i started out as a healer i first initiated to reiki in 2008 so 10 years ago, um, I did my Reiki level one. 
you know, people thought I was slightly nuts. You know, people in my social circle didn't understand what was going on with me. I attuned to this thing. It was called Reiki. They didn't really understand what it meant. It was energy. And um, after I attuned to Reiki, I, uh, as I've said in other podcasts, I, I, you know, I cleaned up my life three weeks before I attuned to Reiki. So it just happened for me very organically. I stopped drinking. I stopped smoking. I stopped any kind of recreational drugs. Um, as soon as I attuned to Reiki level one, I, I didn't want caffeine anymore. And none of these things were huge kind of torturous givings up for me. It was just, it was just the time was up. You know, I didn't want that. My, my consciousness, my vibration had changed. Um, and for a year after I attuned to Reiki level one, I didn't go into a pub. I didn't go into clubs and bars and things like that. Cause I didn't want to be around the energy of alcohol. And I, I stopped drinking. I would have the occasional drink, but I didn't really want that in my system. And people didn't really get it, you know, they didn't really understand what was going on. And um, over the years, I've seen the growth of Reiki, of shamanism, of spirituality. I mean, the other day I was in a shop and you can buy, they had on for sale a little book that was a book of crystals and spells. And then they had a little, a bag, which was like a self-care bag. And in it, it had some sage and a crystal and an incense stick. And I thought, wow, you know, 10 years ago, when you were trying to get your sage and your crystals and your in your incenses, there were a few, there were a couple of like shops in, in London that, that were like these holy grails that you would go to. You, you would go online and there might be the odd website that sold a decent crystal um, or sage or, you know, any of these things that I would use in healings. And over the years, it's grown and grown and grown and it's become big business. And these days, people don't think twice about, you know, crystal, crystal healing or crystal jewelry or Reiki or massage or Tai Chi or Qigong or yoga or meditation, sound baths and all this kind of stuff. And so when you see the lives that people live, whether you hear about them in conversation or you see it on social media, Instagram, you know, Twitter, all these selfies about stuff that we're doing. I was at a moon ceremony. I was at a women's circle. I had a cacao ceremony and all this kind of stuff. You believe that um, you believe this person stands for something, right? You, you, you see people go on women's marches and people go on, um, you know, uh, anti-refugee marches as in we don't want you to get rid of the refugees not against refugees well people do that too but you know going against um anti what's the word that i'm looking for i guess going on marches that say look we welcome all people into our country um anti-brexit marches if you like anti-war marches um solidarity marches you know all this kind of stuff and people have like photo opportunities i stand with refugees i stand with calais i stand with this that and the other and you think, oh, well, this is what you stand for. And then you have a greater conversation with the person. You get to know them or you know them or, you know, you, you spend some time with them. And what you come to realize is that they don't actually stand for anything. They stood for solidarity for an afternoon on a Sunday three months ago and took lots of photos and posted it on social media. But they don't actually stand for anything because their lives are not in alignment with what they said they stood for when they went on that march. So let me explain that better. <laughs> um, for example, women's marches, and I am doing a separate podcast on feminism, but women's marches. You go on a march and you put your hat on, pussy power, all that stuff that we had, you know, that was huge um, a, a year ago. I stand for feminism. I am a feminist. I'm going to wear my T-shirt that says I'm a feminist. I'm going to go to a feminist poetry evening. I'm going to write feminist poetry. I'm going to go to a feminist stand-up comedy night. I'm going to do feminist stand-up, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we align ourselves with. The question is then, is every area of your life in alignment with that? Right. For, for me, feminism is about 
celebrating the feminine. It's about saying that women are equal and members of society off the planet. We're not better than, we're not worse than, we're equal. We're not the same as men. We are equal, but different. And we celebrate our differences and we celebrate our equality. That's what feminism means to me. So therefore it means that I will, one will look at other women, whether that woman is wearing a headscarf, has piercings, has views that we don't agree with politically, whether that woman pisses us off, whether that woman is as, uh, has a body shape that we don't like, whatever it is, and we will accept her. We will see her as our equal. We will accept her. We don't necessarily have to be best friends with her. We don't have to marry her. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to in, allow her into our inner circle, our tribe, but we will accept her. We will honor her equality. We won't put her down. We won't bitch about her. We won't try and destroy her. We won't, we, we won't, um, create a, a, a witch hunt against her. We will celebrate her equality. But it also means that if we're saying that feminism is about celebrating the equality of women, the equality of all, really, well, surely that applies to all women, as in that applies to all colours, all races, all body shapes, all political views. But it also applies to all sentient beings. Therefore, it applies to animals. All female animals are also part of our tribe because we're celebrating the female dynamic in all. So for me, a feminist cannot say she's a feminist if she's busy bitching about other women. She can't say she's a feminist if she only likes her inner circle of friends that she hangs around with and that they talk about feminism with and they have their feminist jokes and they do a bit of feminist poetry. And then, you know, Saturday night down the pub, she's bitching about that woman and she's judging that other woman and she's on Instagram and she's looking at celebrities and judging them or she's uh, trying to pull down someone or she's backstabbing someone or she's trying to steal someone's husband, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, that's not feminism. That's not, that's not standing by your beliefs. That's not you standing for anything. That's just being a hypocrite. Um, similarly, you can't say you're a feminist and then support the dairy industry. Uh, for those of you that know, for those of you that don't know, cows, female cows, as young as you know, one, two years old, are forcibly impregnated, which is basically rape to have someone stick their hand into you or stick an implement into you and you've not consented to that, is rape. We don't know whether these cows are giving their consent, and I don't think anyone really would want, uh, you know, if they want to be impregnated, they would want to be impregnated by their own kind, and they would want a choice over the matter. They wouldn't want some farmer sticking their hand up, up them to impregnate them. So it's a form of rape. Um, the cows are forcibly impregnated. They then carry a, a calf for nine months, so very similar to us as humans. Um, and then once the baby is born, once the calf is born, within a day or two, just as she starts to lactate, so she's able to feed her baby, the baby is taken away from her and put into holding pens, separation pens. The babies cry out for their mums, the mums cry out for their babies for weeks, for months on end. The, the calves, if they're female, will be kept and reared and then they will start the whole impregnation cycle of their own. If they're male, they'll be sold into the meat industry. They'll either be killed off as veal um, as young as one week old or they'll be reared for beef and then killed off, basically. They're just meat. Um, they might use their sperm for impregnation. The female then is forcibly milked 
basically, electronically or with machines. Um, and she's fed a very rich diet. And then she continues to be fed and she continues to be milked and fed and milked and fed and milked until her milk starts to run out. Um, she will go through several cycles of being forcibly impregnated, having her baby taken away from her, having her milk taken away from her. And then she usually gets to a point where she's spent. She has no more milk to give. Her body is just spent because she's having to give birth um, at, a, at a rate that she wouldn't normally in her natural habitat. And she's being milked at a rate that she wouldn't be in her natural habitat. And so she's usually killed by about five years old at the most. Um, so she's still a child. She's still a baby, if you like. And um, that's the life of a female cow. That's a very similar thing for female pigs, for sows. They have a similar thing that they go through. For those of you that know that don't know, pigs are said to have the intelligence of a three-year-old child. Um, they're as intelligent as dogs. Um, they respond to their names. Mothers sing to their babies. They're very clean animals. They're very social animals. Um, they learn very quickly. They recognize people. They recognize humans. Um, so this is a similar thing for sows. And they're impregnated. They have a litter. They're held in pens. Again, they don't have enough. They barely have enough space to stand up, let alone move around. Um, and they're basically forced to go through that cycle where they, they're, they're breeding. They're just, they're just there to breed. If their babies die, there's no care given to them. If they get sick, there's no care given to them. That's our bacon and our sausages. So if we're feminists, I don't understand how we can go on a march while sipping our cappuccino with a bit of dairy in it. You know, how we can eat cheese, how we can um, wear leather... I don't understand if we say that we're feminists, that we can chomp down on a sausage and some bacon. We're not feminists. We're hypocrites. So my point is, what do you stand for? Because whatever it is that you say you stand for, whether it's feminism, equality, the environment, the planet, spirituality, God, um, union, whatever it is, it needs to infiltrate every single area of your life. And if it doesn't, then you're a hypocrite. So a lot of times it's the kind of stuff that um, will come up in the sacred union sessions. So there is another podcast that's going to go out on this about twin flames and, and union. But if we're seeking sacred union, we're seeking union, we're seeking our beloved. And I get a lot of calls for this. And I think it's a yearning that we all have. We're seeking that union. We're seeking to be with our beloved. We're seeking that wholeness. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a completely natural impulse to have to want to come into union with our beloved. If we're seeking that, we must be seeking that in all areas of our lives. So often in calls, you know, even just with friendships, even with myself, I notice that you know, there's this desire for union, there's this desire to experience love, and yet we can deny that experience, we can deny that in other areas of our lives. If we're seeking union with our beloved, we therefore must be seeking union in every area of our lives. That means with our enemies, um, with our work colleagues, with people that we don't know, with the planet, with animals, with spirituality, with ourselves, with our shadow aspects. We must be seeking union all the time. And if we are in disharmony, if we are in um, war with any aspect of ourselves or with others, if we have animosities, if we have enemies, then we're not in union. And this is why sacred union won't happen. This is why we won't come into harmonious union. This is why union won't last, because we're not standing by what we say we believe in. We're not maintaining that frequency. And I think all of the things that we can stand for in life, like feminism, you know, equality, equal rights, equal pay, 
um, protecting the vulnerable, protecting refugees, protecting children, protecting those that need our help, protecting the animals, you know, being an environmentalist. All of these things are about union. They're about harmony and balance. You know, if we say that we're an environmentalist, that we love this planet and we have our Greenpeace badge and, you know, we, we shop we shop organic and we go to farmers markets and all, all of that, what we're saying presumably by doing this is that we're seeking harmony in the planet we want our planet to thrive we want to live in a in a in a harmonious world but we can't do that and then chomp down on a sausage it just doesn't work how can we say that we want harmony for the planet and yet we deny harmony to other sentient beings on this planet because it suits our needs because it's it's tasty because it's convenient how can we say that we want harmony for the planet and be, you know, environmentalists and care about the climate and climate change and and then not seek that same harmony in our relationships with others, in our homes, um, in our workplaces? And I, I do see this quite a lot, you know. It's often I'll be, sometimes I'll be having a conversation, and again, I see it a lot in spiritual circles, but I also see it a lot in my creative work. And um, I'll be having a conversation with someone and it turns out that they're vegetarian or they're vegan or they're, environmentalists or they're you know they're anti-fur or whatever and you and you think oh wow I, I had no idea that that you had this thing that you were really passionate about but the reason I have no idea is because other every other area of your life is not in alignment with what you say you stand for you know if you say that you're a vegetarian or you're a vegan for example and I'm just using this because it's a, it's it's well it's very topical at the moment um i'm discovering my relationship to it but also because it's it's out there in, our, in the social media quite a lot at the moment um if you say that you're vegetarian or vegan you know you're basically saying oh well unless you're just doing it for your own health reasons but often people are saying well i don't want to eat meat products because i don't want to cause harm to animals or you know <clears throat> i don't want to eat meat products because I believe that cows and sheep and pigs are sentient beings. But at the same time, I hear people say, well, I don't, you know, I'm a vegetarian or I'm a pescatarian. But I don't really understand what that means, you know. So what you're saying is, so you believe that cows and sheep and pigs and chickens are sentient beings and turkeys, but you believe that fish are not sentient beings. But it's been proven that they are sentient beings, obviously, because they're living and breathing and they experience pain. And we know what a sophisticated system they have or the sophisticated ecosystem they maintain they therefore they are sentient beings so what do you actually stand for there's, there's such a duality or i'm a vegan i'm a vegetarian says the person standing in front of you i believe in saving the planet and then you look down and they're wearing you know leather shoes and a suede jacket well what do you actually stand for or the person standing in front of you saying, well, I'm a feminist and I went on the Women's March and, you know, pussy power and all that. And then they're scrolling through their Instagram going, oh, look at her. She's had a bit of Botox. She's had fillers. Oh, I don't know if I like her new hairstyle. What do you stand for? And I see this so often, you know, people go to a ceremony, they do, they, they go, they go drink a mushroom tea or they do a cacao ceremony or they dabble in a bit of ayahuasca and then they're, they're saying I'm filled with love and I stand for I stand for love and I stand for unity and then you look at the way they behave in their lives and you say well no that's not what you stand for because look at how you treated your ex-girlfriend look at how you treated your ex-boyfriend look at how you're treating your friends look at how you treat your work colleagues look at what you're eating look at what you're listening to look at what you've got in your home if we're going to have integrity, we need to have integrity 100%. And it's not always possible 100%, but we can aim for it and see where that takes us. So my question, my invitation to you is what do you stand for? What do you, what do you align yourself with? You know, what are, the, what are the things that you watch? What are the things that you 
read? What do you consume? What are the pages that you visit on, you know, social media sites? What are your favorite Instagram um, accounts to follow? You know, what do you like listening to? What do you like surrounding yourself with? What do you align yourself with? I'm an artist. I'm a creative. I'm a bohemian. I'm an environmentalist. I'm an activist. I'm a, what are you? I mean, ultimately, we're humans having a physical experience, but what are you aligning yourself with? Because the worst possible thing that we can do is just jump on a bandwagon in terms of what's cool at the time. You know, we align with a women's march and then we align with an anti-war march and then we align with something else. But if we're anti-war, we have to be anti-war in all of our lives, in, in, in every aspect of our lives. It's one of the things I never really understood about the anti-war movement, and I was part of it for a very long time, and I still am was that we were taking to the streets, baying for blood and saying that we were anti-war. You know, when it started to get, this is what I noticed with the anti-war movement was, um, and I was part of it from around, two, well, for, actually for, for quite a long time, from when I was at drama school onwards. So, um, yeah, a long time, actually, going back about over 10, 15 years ago. Um, and one of the things I noticed is that the anti-war movement would be... Um, you know, for me, it was about peace. For me, it was about saying that this is what we want. We want peace. We want harmony and we want unity. And yet people were going on these marches, often stoned, can of beer in their hand, really kind of screaming, shouting, getting a lot of their aggression out, um, you know, saying quite horrible things about our world leaders, um, effigies, uh, a lot of violence would break out. Yes, there was a lot of kettling happening by the police. So it wasn't, I'm not saying it's one-sided. I am saying that activists were provoked but I was finding an edge coming into things that wasn't about the actual message and the message was we're anti-war therefore we are pro-peace we are pro-unity and I wasn't seeing that I was just seeing more aggression more anger and it 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 was one of the things that got me to sort of step away from the anti-war movement not that I I advocated war but that I started to feel that taking to a street and marching and screaming and shouting was the very opposite of what we wanted to bring into this world, which was peace and harmony. And there must be other ways that we can create that sense of unity by being the beacon of it. So um, it's this kind of strange duality, this hypocrisy that we have. And I think it's because we're not awake enough. I think it's because we're not questioning ourselves enough. I saw it on the women's marches. I didn't go to the women's marches, not because I'm not a feminist, because I believe I deep down really am. But I don't wear my badge and I don't need to tell people that I'm a feminist and I don't wear my pussy power hat because I thought that was ridiculous. You know, women wandering around the streets with pink vagina hats. What exactly do you stand for? Because those very women, a lot of those very women were ostracizing a lot of other women who came to those marches because they didn't agree with their viewpoints or a lot of indigenous women were ostracized. A lot of women that were um, for or against something that, you know, the, the majority didn't believe in or didn't want to align with. A lot of those women were ostracized. Um, so putting on a hat standing on a platform, you know, banging on about something that we barely understand, that we've not dedicated our life to, does not make us stand for anything. It just makes us hypocrites. Um, you know, true feminism, again, for me, is not about putting on a hat that's got a vagina on it and screaming on the street corners. And that's what was happening, was that, you know, people were wearing vagina hats and then they were slagging off Ivana Trump. Now, if you're going to slag off another woman, you're not a feminist. You know, they were calling her all kinds of names, um, they, they were saying all kinds of slurs against her and her family. Well, whatever you think of her, if you were a feminist, you would say that she's my equal. And she would be, she would deserve your respect. 
just at that level of being equals. And it's the same thing, you know, all sentient beings deserve our respect. So we have to stand for something. And then every area, every aspect of our life has to reflect that. And that's a journey. And that's challenging. And that asks a lot of us. It asks for us to look at our ingrained prejudices and our mind programming and how we've we've become so lost in this matrix that we can't think for ourselves. And then when we disconnect from the chatter and the noise, we actually start to find the truth of who we are, the truth of what we stand for. And what I found over the years is that my beliefs, the things that I know to be intrinsically right, to be the way, they're not things that were programmed into me. I didn't learn them at school and I didn't learn them from my parents and I didn't learn them from my upbringing. They were just truths that I always knew because it was part of my soul. It's part of my truth. To treat people well, kindness, respect, equality, the, 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 the respect for our planet, for animals, for others. I was always there in me. It didn't have to be put into me. But what happened over the years was that I silenced that truth by aligning myself with what was most popular, by selling out my ideals, and by ignoring hypocrisy when I saw it. Oh, it doesn't matter that this group says that they're a feminist group and they slag off that other group over there, or they don't particularly like Muslims, or they don't particularly like Jews, or they don't particularly like gay people. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to align with them because because I'm, and then I'm part of something. You know, we have this great desire as humans to be part of a tribe. But what we don't understand is that we are part of that tribe always. And that there is it's quite a big tribe. And, it, and, and our tribe isn't just the people that agree with us. Our tribe is the mouse and the squirrel and the bird and the trees and the flowers and the plants. It's all, we're all part of, this, of the same tribe. But within that tribe, we're going to have people that we feel closer to and people that we don't. And I think what happens when we align with our standards, our truth, our integrity, when we actually stand for something is that we truly start to meet those people that that are at a true resonance with us. What tends to happen is we say that we stand for things, we stand for things half-heartedly, and we never really meet our tribe. We never really meet those that we are a true resonant match for in all areas of our lives, friendships, work, relationships. So often when I meet clients and they're struggling because they haven't met their beloved or their work isn't quite flowing or career isn't flowing, it's because somewhere in their lives they are not 100% or 99% or you know 70% aligned with what they truly believe in because once we align with it truly everything in our life has to reflect that that will include our relationships so if we truly stand for feminism we're not going to tolerate people that speak badly of others right it's going to change our friendship circle it's going to change how we interact on social media it's going to change what we find funny it's going to change what we watch and people say, oh, it'll make, you know, you become boring when you align with something. But I think we've allowed bad behavior, toxic speak to become our norm. And we've excused it by saying it's entertaining and it's funny and it's exciting. And the only reason we do that is because we've been programmed into believing that this is what is exciting and funny. But actually, it's a bit like having fast food. You know, we get a quick fix from it, but it never really satisfies us. What is more satisfying is having those interactions and those conversations and those connections that are based on true uh, alignment of principles, um, on integrity, on truth speak. And that is a big ask. It's a big ask that we do that with our loved ones and with, our, with strangers in our lives. But I think the more that we start to do it, the more we change the fabric of this world and the societies that we inhabit.
Um, I've rambled a bit in this podcast, but it feels right that I've rambled because um, I think there's there's a lot of strands to this in terms of what do you stand for. And I've just picked up a few, you know, anti-war, uh, feminism, animal rights, conservation, because these seem to be the things that we want to get behind. Um, but there has to be a true alignment with it. You know, I see I see a lot of it in the creative industries. Um, I saw a lot of it in acting sometimes work with the most vile actors who would be so horrible to you. And then they'd, they'd bob off and they'd do a, you know, a, a big charity walk or they'd go to a big charitable event um, and step into their charitable self. And you think, well, what do you stand for? Because I don't believe for one minute that you stand for that charity you're supporting. You're just doing it because it's a bit of publicity for you. Because if you actually believed in what that charity is supporting, which is a charity, which is, you know, equality, which is helping, which is compassion. You wouldn't have treated me like shit five minutes ago. You wouldn't be bitching about your fellow actors. So it's rife in many industries, this level of hypocrisy. And I and I feel like because we have such a kind of a never-ending appetite for media and celebrity, that those of us on the ground that aren't part of those worlds are becoming more and more fake like those worlds. And at some point, we need to find the backlash to that. And at some point, we need to turn away from all of that. And we need to find the truth of what we believe in again and have the courage to really stand up for what we believe in. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you may be on your journey, I wish you much joy, love and truth. And so it is and so it shall be.